Hey guys, Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 92. A couple of, couple of months, it'll be episode 100. What will we do for that? Probably a celebration. Probably have to get in some bitches. Bitches! I don't know what I'd do with them. But I'd get them in. <laughs> I'd get them in. Yeah, I'd get them in. Line them up. Line them up against the wall. And then say they were really nice girls to shake their hands, tell them to go. Um, I was running a, I was running a course though. Part of it was first aid, and we were talking about do you, you know, CPR? Do you do the two breaths? And I'm like, fuck no, <laughs> fuck no. I don't know where you've been. I'm like any hepatitis C. Fuck that shit. No way. No way am I doing mouth to mouth. I'll pound on your chest till the cows come home. Till the cows come home. I'm not giving you two breaths. No way. No way. My days of sucking face with strangers in dark nightclubs are over. Unfortunately. Um, But I got out alive. And that's what matters. By the way, if my cat, the Duke, as he's known, starts carrying on just i'll throw something at him here i've got a coffee cup i've got a beer i'm not throwing my beer i've got my expensive cuban ashtray which the good wife gave me this is a great ashtray what a good wife she gave me this for my birthday a few years ago the pacific cigar art series number two k buck painting by christian delavoe a siglo exclusive collection number 380 out of 500 royal bone china hand painted it's fucking beautiful. That's my cigar ashtray. The wife gave it to me. What a good girl. What a good girl. The good wife is away for a week, 10 days actually. She does, every year she goes away to um, Slovenia. Uh, well, in Europe she goes away to Slovenia. In Australia she went away to Sri Lanka. And she does these like uh, yoga, massage, health, spa retreat things which to me sound like hell on earth like i spoke to her last night and i was like well what are you doing tomorrow and she goes oh breakfast at eight and then nordic walking uh and then a massage and then lunch and then two massages and then some other activity then another two massages and and then i was just like now this just sounds like a fucking nightmare this is like a night i hate massages don't touch me just just don't touch me okay don't. I just as soon as a masseuse puts puts their hand on me, I'm like ah ah. I'm like a dog that doesn't want to be touched. Don't, I don't know about it. Doesn't feel good, because most people, most people. I remember back in the day when I actually made the mistake of you know you'd be at a party and some girls like oh, I can get a massage and she was like a six out of ten when you were drunk enough and you're like oh what the fuck. And then it's just like. They basically get your shoulder blades and it's like they're kneading dough to make bread and the thumbs digging into it. It's just horrible. Horrible. And the last massage I ever had, oh, it, was, it was a rafting season 2001 up in Italy in Val di Sole. And we, we'd been working our asses off. It was a huge season, big water. Actually, that's in, it's the season that I, that I write about in Run Guts, Pull Cones. Well, part of it. Um, 
And because the Run, Run Guts Pool Cones, my second book, is actually an amalgamation of the 2001 and 2002 seasons. I kind of mixed it in a bit. Um, anyway, so we've been working our asses off and we're all fucked. And then one of the guys who was working at the base doing something, I think it was a Mount Alpine guide or something, it turns out he was like a physiotherapist and a masseuse. And he's like, oh, I've got my table here. I can give you massages. You know, I can get you really loosen you boys up because we were so sore and so stiff. And all of us were like, oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. We'll even, I'll even like let a dude touch me. So I get on this fucking bench, and I seriously, man, I seriously, it was like some sort of Chinese fucking torture. As soon as he touched me, all it did, all it, all it was, like I was, I was leaping off this table, leaping. Leaping off this table, and I, I lasted like five minutes. And I said, "Man, forget it, whatever." And I, I never had a massage since. Never. Actually, funny anecdote to that. My first ever birthday together with a good wife. Before she became the good wife, she gave me a, a kind of a mixed present. She went to the local little town, and she didn't know really what to get me. We'd only been together a couple of months, and so. She got me a bunch of little different gifts and, and, and one of them was like massage oil. And I unwrapped the stuff and as soon as I looked at the massage oil, I went, what's this? And she goes, oh, I can give you a massage. I just looked at it and I went, no, no. It's just not going to happen. No way. Absolutely not. No massages. Don't want to know about it. Take your massage oil and, and use it. Use it on, on some. I don't want to. I don't want to know. She was like, Wow, that's the fucking hell. Okay. She was like, really? She was cool about it, which is one of the reasons she became the cool good wife. But, you know, really. Anyway, so the good wife is off. The good wife is off, and she's off, and she's back on Sunday. Um, Nordic walking. So she's doing Nordic walking. If you don't know what Nordic walking is, what Nordic walking is a scam. Like so many things in the, in the exercise industry, I'm making an industry out of fucking everything, don't they? Nordic walking. What is Nordic walking? Nordic walking is walking with two sticks. That's it. You walk with two sticks. It requires no training, no teaching. And if there's any Nordic walking instructors listening to this, who feel like writing in and going, no, actually, Adam, it does. No, fuck off. It does not. It does not. It's a scam. It's a scam on two levels. Number one, walking, hiking, was the one activity that everyone could do, and you'd part from shoes, you didn't need any fucking gear. And you didn't even fucking need proper shoes. That's a pair of blundstones or something like that. Off you go. Walking. Don't need anything. Just go and walk. So they invented Nordic walking. Nordic walking? Well, you need two poles. You need the special poles. You need aerodynamic special fucking U-butte titanium carbon composite. Rah, 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 rah. And you need to go and do lessons. Lessons to walk. To walk. You need to do lessons. I remember when it first came in, it was like 2000 and... I'm reaching here, 2007, around that time, 2006 maybe, it was a bit earlier. And anyway, the Nordic walking fad arrived in Italy in Val di Sole in the mountains, and it was hilarious. 
because they got all the rafting guides together and they said, oh, guys, we're going to go and uh, train you all how to be Nordic walking guides so you can do Nordic walking as well. And we're all like, what? We're going to do what? And it's just like me and everyone else was Italian. So we go off and this Alpine guide gets up and you could just tell he was so embarrassed about what he was having to do. And, of course, the owner of our rafting base was all like, yeah, man, this is great. This is the best ever because he was already in his mind calculating how many Nordic walking poles he'd buy and how much he could rent them out for and how much he'd make in a summer season on it. So the guy's doing his thing and blah, blah, blah. And we listened to this about half an hour and then I just stuck up my hand and I said, hang on. So what you're talking about is walking with poles. And he went, yeah, yeah. And I said, do we need to go out with you and... And like, you know, practice so that we can become proper Nordic walking guides. Or at the end of this talk, listening to you tonight, will we all be qualified Nordic walking guides? And he goes, yeah, you'll all be qualified tonight. And I said, if we're all going to be qualified after sitting listening to you, then this is bullshit. And all the Italian guys looked at me and I looked back at him and went, Yep, what he said. And the poor guy, man, died on stage in front of all of us. It was fucking beautiful. And the manager of the rafting company was just looking at me with hate in his eyes. And I just looked at him and I shrugged. I was like, what? Really? Walking? You guys want to monetize walking? It's the only thing that tourists can come here and do and you haven't got your scrabby mitts on it, you want to monetize walking? Really? Really? I didn't say it like that, but I basically just blew him off. And none of us became Nordic walking guides, and it never fucking happened, and it all died a horrible death, but somehow it still struggled on. Let me, let me, oh, let me do a search. Let me do a search. Duck, duck, go. Fuck Google. Nordic... N-O-R, let's see how many letters it takes. N-O-R-D, Nordic Fire. <laughs> Got Nordic Fire. Oh, oh, wrong letter. Nordic Walking, second. I put in N-O-R-D-I. I got Nordic Walking. Nordic Walking. Nordic Walking. I can't wait to hear what Wikipedia says about Uh, sorry, Infogalactic. What am I saying? Nordic walking is a total body version of walking. Fuck off! It can be enjoyed both by non-athletes as a health-promoting physical activity and by athletes as a sport. It's not a sport! You're fucking walking! The activity is performed with specially designed walking poles similar to ski poles. They're just sticks! History. Nordic walking, originally Finnish and some unpronounceable word, is fitness walking with specially designed sticks. While trekkers, backpackers and skiers have been using the basic concept for decades, Nordic walking was first formally defined with the production of something unpronounceable uh, by Mauro Repo in 1979. Mauro Repo, that sounds Italian. Let's click on his name.
Oh, sounds like it was Finnish. Fucking hell of a fucking Finnish name. Compared to regular benefits, benefits, benefits. Some people make a lot of money. Nah, benefits compared to regular walking, Nordic walking involves applying force to the poles with each stride. Nordic walkers use more of their entire body with greater intensity and receive fitness building stimulation not present in normal walking for the chest, triceps, biceps, but bullshit! And other core muscles that may result in significant increases in heart rate at a given pace. No, the significant increases in heart rate because you're walking in mountains and it's up and down. It's hard. Nordic walking has been estimated, in other words, entirely made up as producing up to a 46% increase in energy consumption compared to walking without poles. Sticks! I mean, what a load of fucking bullshit! As soon as they said this to me for the first time when I watched, I just turned to the guy sitting there telling me, this is the biggest load of fucking bullshit I have ever heard in my life. And over my life, at the end of the 20th century, into the 21st century, I've heard a lot of bullshit. Because we're living in the bullshit age. This is the bullshit age. That's what this is. The age of bullshit. Like in the past, we had the age of enlightenment. The enlightenment, that was, you know, that was good. And the Renaissance, that was a good age. And the medieval age and the dark ages. Now we've got the bullshit age. Because it's all bullshit. Moving on. According to the findings of the research conducted by the group scientists from various universities, there's a star next to that. Let me go down. There's a star. There's a star. But I've got nothing I can relate that to so that's interesting various universities both nordic walking and conventional walking are beneficial for older adults however nordic walking provides additional benefits in muscular strength bullshit go and lift barbells you dipshits compared to conventional walking making it suitable for improving aerobic capacity and muscular strength no it doesn't Uh, technique, <laughs> technique. All right, this is the technique. Get your hand and form it into a into a position as if you were holding a pole, and then move it from side to side. Yeah, at a forty-five degree angle, as if you were jerking yourself off. Technique. The cadences of the arms, legs, and body are. Rhythmically speaking, similar to those used in normal vigorous walking. Of course they are, because it's just walking! The range of arm movement regulates the length of the stride. Bullshit. Restricted arm movements will mean a natural restricted pelvic motion and stride length. What this means is if you chop off your arms, you can't walk. 
mean, are we fucking serious here? Oh, this kills me. The longer the pole thrust, the longer the stride, and more powerful the swings of the pelvis. And oh god, country members of North Federation of Nordic Walking. First one in line is the Federation of Iraqi Sports Companies. Iraqi! Oh my god! Oh my god! They're all walking while they're trying to avoid bombs exploding. <laughs> oh god. They've even got a special glove. They've got a special glove. Jesus, motherfucking Christ. Uh, Nordic Walking Australia, of course there is. Uh, I notice there's not a US walking Nordic Walking. I give look the Americans. I'll give the Americans one thing. I'm not surprised that America has not fallen for this one. India's in there. Latvia's in there. America's not. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And in the photo, Nordic walkers in Inkley, West Yorkshire, they're walking in the snow, and it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Nordic walkers. I might call this the Nordic walking episode. Or the bullshit era. Bullshit age. The age of bullshit. I don't know. I'll, I'll work it out. All of our Nordic walkers are women. The average age is post-wall. <laughs> Look, your average chick only does faux exercise. Okay? Chicks, women only do faux exercise. Your average woman. Your average woman. Faux is pretend. So, Nordic walking. Here we go. Uh, yoga. That'll be chicks. What's the main ball sport for women? Netball. A faux sport. You get the ball and you stop. Mind blowing. You get the ball and you stop. And no one is allowed to get the ball off you. Only women could invent such a sport. And I use sport with huge derision. The one thing that categorises netball, if any of you have been so unfortunate ever to witness it, is the screaming. The screaming. All the women do when they're playing netball is scream. All right, let's have a look. YouTube. YouTube. Netball. I'm just, I'm just gonna write in netball. I'm just gonna write in netball. That's all I'm gonna do. What comes up? Final New Zealand Australia. Let's have a look. One hour and 36, I'll click forward. They're all standing still. They're all screaming. They're all standing still. Here he is, she's standing still. She just gives her the ball. She's underneath the thing and she throws it in. Now, that's it. Look at them, they're not even breathing heavy. Look at the women on the side, they're so fat. They can barely fit through the door to get into the stadium. This is crucial, no it's not, it's bullshit. Oh my God, Nordic walking, fuck me dead. 
Fuck me dead. Fuck me dead and roll me in a pile of fucking something. Oh, God. So anyway, the good wife is away. Good wife is away. She's back on Sunday. Uh, and I got some time to myself, which was nice. She got some time to herself. I got some time to myself. We both needed it. And I'm feeling better at already. You can probably hear it in my voice. And I know the last couple of weeks for me have been tough, and I shared a little bit of that with you, which I don't normally do. I don't normally share my personal stuff, but I did. And I did because I thought it would be beneficial for... Some of my readers and listeners who maybe, you know, you look at people like me who are kind of like an, an internet personality with a little bit of a following of some sort, and you kind of, and we come out with this stuff all the time, and we're doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, I've got that book, I'm doing this, blah, 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 and you kind of, if you look at it, you kind of think, oh, man, you know, they've really got their shit together, really got their shit together, they've really got their shit together. Let me tell you a secret of the world. This is, this is actually really, really true. Nobody has their shit together. Nobody. Nobody has their shit together. Because your shit together means that you can't fall apart. But everyone is vulnerable. Everyone, look, tomorrow the sun's going to come up around the world and all five or six billion of us on this planet are going to wake up and some people who have their shit together right now at this moment that I'm talking, in 8 to 10, 12 hours time, are going to find that turned upside down on them. And it might be the partner saying they're leaving them after 20 years of marriage. It might be suddenly a, a sudden illness diagnosed. It might be losing a loved one. It might be having an accident at work and being physically disabled. It might be running in the back of a Ferrari and discovering that your insurance lapsed three days ago and you weren't aware of it. Nobody has their shit together. No one. No one on this entire fucking planet has their shit together. If, they, if anyone says they have their shit together, they're not lying. They're dreaming. They're living in a world of delusion. All of us do our best. Well, the best you can do is do your best every day with whatever shit is thrown in your general direction. How you handle that, how you handle that, sets you apart from everyone else. Like, Women with blue hair, dolphin tattoos, and degrees in feminist women's studies tend not to handle anything that the world throws at them. Okay? Just to give you an example. How well can you handle what the world throws at you? That's the key. And so the reason that I shared the world throwing shit at me was because it's important. It's important to understand that everyone is vulnerable. And you're only as good as your last best day. And it's really critical 
that when the shit's going down and it feels like everything's falling apart, what you have to do, what you have to do is put up the barriers and be cool. Don't make any moves while the shit's going down and you're liable to make a bad, a rash decision. You've got to keep your cool, put your barriers up, get through it, and then emerge from the other side and then work out what to do. And the barriers up and the keeping your cool is when your emotions are going like a whirlwind. I'm just just as susceptible as anyone else. I remember the last time I lost my, I kind of lost my cool and I didn't put the barriers up was when I dumped my Italian girlfriend many years ago and we'd been going out for three years and I dumped her. But the thing is I was living in Italy and the whole time I'd been in Italy, I'd been, almost the whole time I'd been in Italy, I'd been with her and it was a small valley. And I didn't know if dumping her would have consequences. And what did I do? A couple, of, oh, I don't know. Let's see, maybe four weeks after I ended the relationship, met a bunch of Australians up on the ski pists. They were all really cool. They were on the holiday. They're all living in London. There was a girl. She was nice, she was hot, she was in me. Turned out she had a relationship in London. Instead of just letting it go and being a dalliance that it was on the ski piss for three or four days, I raced off to London to try and woo her. Um, no. That's not how it works. <laughs> she was basically like, what are you doing here? And please get the fuck out of my life so my fucking boyfriend doesn't find out. I was completely, completely infatuated because of the circumstances in which I found myself. Completely infatuated because of the circumstances. Um, So it wasn't an infatuation, it was an obsession because I needed, I needed... I needed a distraction. And I needed confirmation and affirmation that I was okay. That someone wanted me. I was young. I was in my early 30s. I still hadn't worked chicks out. I'd worked chicks out enough to dump them. But I hadn't worked chicks out enough to deal with that situation afterwards. Dumping, being the dumper is sometimes harder than being the dumpee. Like when you're the dumpy, the person being dumped, all you've got to deal with is the dumping. You've been rejected. person has said, I don't want to be with you anymore. And they've probably said some big lie like, it's not you, it's me. Which is the biggest lie of all time. It's, it's the other way around. But being the one who dumps, you've got to deal with the question of, did I make the right decision or not? Now, you 100% you made the right decision. 
Because if you get to that position where you're going through the act of ending a relationship, it was over long ago. You're making the right decision. 100% of the time, you're making the right decision. All right? Oh, probably not. No, look, I take that back. Maybe you're not making the right decision. And now you've got to throw your emotions in on that as well. So the big problem with the dumper is, did I make the right decision? Was this, this the thing to do? Because you're the one with the power, but with power comes a responsibility. If you've been dumped, you've got no power in that situation. So all the responsibility is out of your hand. That's why people avoid ending relationships. They don't want to have that responsibility. Hey, Juki. They don't want to have that responsibility on their shoulders. So... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've shared a few things over the last couple of weeks. And, and things have been a bit tricky. And I didn't write very much on the blog because I wanted to stay cool, you know. So, and it's important that, especially younger listeners, I think you understand that uh, we're all vulnerable. We're all We're all... We're all got our asses hanging out in the cold, cold wind. That's what life's all about. Life's really about dealing with how you deal with the shit that's thrown at you. Because we all get the shit thrown at us. Like, take animals like birds. Little birds, like little sparrows or something. If there's a really bad storm, the little sparrows will be in the tree... And they'll be huddling in the tree and it'll be really bad while the storm is on and they'll be having a terrible time and maybe some of them will even die from exposure during that horrible storm. And then after a few days, the storm goes away. The little birds, what are they doing? They're all just flying around, flying around, yeah, getting on with it. The little birds aren't there going, oh... I've got post-traumatic storm disorder, you know, or some shit like that. They let it go. They deal with it in the moment. The moment is really bad, really bad. Ah, this is a terrible storm and, oh, my brother just died. Oh, horrible. Storm's gone. Now, I know we're more complex than sparrows. I understand that. But at the same time, we can learn something from that. When the shit's happening and your emotions are raging and you're going through your shit, fuck yeah, deal with it. Like, like, yeah, don't push it aside. Like, I'm feeling terrible. This is horrible. I'm depressed. I'm angry. I'm irritable. Put up the walls. Don't, for God's sake, on the worst day, don't go to work. I made that mistake. When it's done and dusted, though, and it all clears, like the storm clouds clear and the blue sky comes out, okay, give yourself a bit of time, learn to breathe again, right. What do I do now? Now I need to act. Now I need to move forward. 
this is this is the important stuff how you deal with the shit because everyone gets the shit people no one's special we might look special i suppose tom cruise looks special i suppose prince william looks special i suppose donald trump looks special well donald trump he's dealing with a lot of shit great un speech by the way oh basically told the un to fuck off <laughs> i think he was most happy with north korea how you deal with your shit is how you deal with your shit so i was driving home tonight i got out of work late i was driving home and i realized that i didn't really have anything to eat the good wife is away it's just me and i thought i got some chicken stock in the fridge some fresh chicken stock i only made it on sunday still good what can i do with that and i thought what about a stew yeah i checked the time before six when the butcher shuts, 5.30, got into my little town, my little dorp, my little village. Went to the bookshop, got a kilo of uh, chuck steak, cubed in pieces that were too big, even though I gave him explicit instructions. Came home, this is what I did. Seasoned the uh, cubed chuck steak. Rolled it in flour, browned it off in batches in oil, olive oil, extra virgin. Took it out, added uh, chopped up onions, celery, garlic, whizzed that around for a bit. Chopped up potato, whizzed that around for a bit. Threw in some paprika, made that all nice. Threw the meat back in, white wine, boof, lovely. Tin of tan tomatoes, some tomato paste, the chicken stock. The secret ingredient, half a litre, bang, boiled it up, lit on, turned it down. Two hours, it's going to be a fucking beauty. That took me, that took me about 40 minutes from when I walked in the door, and it's cooking now while I'm talking to you. And as I was cooking it, I was thinking to myself, fucking hell, ads, you're a bit of a cooking legend. And I am, because... Cooking, being good at cooking, is about being able just to invent that on the fly and smash it out. And then you've got some great food. It's 7.23 now in the evening, and it's going to be ready in one hour's time. So I thought, I'll go and do the podcast. I'll go and get this out. I'll get that food out there. Learn to cook, boys. Learn to cook. Okay? It's important. It saves you money. I spent 16 euros on the meat. The rest of the stuff I already had. I've got three meals in there. Tonight, tomorrow night, and I'll probably use it for Saturday lunch. No, what's tonight? Wednesday. Tonight, tomorrow night, Friday night. Done for the rest of the week. Sorted. Beautiful. So tomorrow, I can go to the gym after work. Now I can come home. Bang. Dinner's done. All good what you need to do too learn how to cook aaron clary was learning how to cook for a while i don't know how he's going with it aaron i know you listen to this how's the cooking going check out aaron aaron clary captaincapitalism.blogspot.com he did us two posts this week on socialism part one and part two 
I think it was socialism. Hang on, let me just check. Let me check, let me check, let me check. Uh, yeah, how the government outsourced socialism. Um, really, really good. Go check that out. Uh, Cappy's on the ball. Um, he doesn't do his economics posts very often anymore. He should do more of them. They're long posts, though, and I know how much work goes into that sort of stuff. He's probably got, I think his post today is probably around 2,000 words. Check it out. Very, very, very good stuff. Check out his YouTube channel. Um, Cappy did a uh, Cappy did a video for a friend of mine. A friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, a very close friend of mine. The guy actually came and stayed with me from Australia the other week, and he was telling me about something he was doing, and I, oh, I just couldn't give him advice. I was just like, oh, I don't want to get business advice from a mate. And I said, contact Aaron, get him to do a video for you. Yeah, make it nice and clear. So uh, thanks for doing that, Aaron. I appreciate that. You guys check out Aaron Cleary, CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Buy his books. He's a good man. Um, check out my blog, Pushing Rubber Downhill. You can buy my books. Pushing Rubber Downhill, uh, A Journey to Manhood via Whitewater Adventures, Run Guts Pull Cones, A Rafting uh, Season in the Italian Alps. I think that was the subtitle. Was that the subtitle, Duke? Hmm. Um, subscribe to my blog, that'd be great. Subscribe to my podcast, that'd be awesome. Leave a review on my two books. They're creeping up there. People are listening. I'm getting a few more now every week. After not having a single review for like six months, even selling books every day, they're now creeping up. They are really appreciated. Really, really, really appreciated. Like, really, truly. Um, so, um, um, don't bite me, little fuck. Uh, please, leave me a review on my books. Um, if you have le- if you bought the audio book, leave a review on audible.com. That'd be great. Um, this has been the Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 92. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hope you have a great week. I hope you deal with the shit that life throws at you. I hope you never, ever, ever take up Nordic walking. And you guys stay cool. I'll see you next week. Ciao.